Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 1 through 7 says, Now there was a certain man of Ramathen Zophin of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Toa, the son of Zupha. Why did they have to put all these sons in here? Of Ephraimite. <laughs> and he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship in the sacrifice of the, to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Paniah, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to offer an offering, he would give portions to Paniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed up her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Let's pray. Father. I thank you this morning, God, for the ability to speak your word. I pray that you would help me to do it very clearly. God, that it would be understandable, Father God. But most of all, God, it would challenge and change our hearts. In Jesus' matchless name, we all say amen. Amen. You could be seated this morning. As you're seated, I want to let you know that Milpitas is going amazing. As of the first of the year, if, if you didn't know, I was, uh, I don't speak no Spanish, but I was uh, pastoring a Spanish congregation. Okay, so uh, I had an interpreter. Uh, Troy's wife, Charisma, was with me every Sunday for two years. I've been there for over two years already. She was with me and we were uh, plowing the ground together, but I felt that it was time to make a change. So as of the month of January, we went all to English. And um, it's a good thing. And so it's going good. Last week we saw families come in and they're actually staying now because I don't know about you that if you don't speak Spanish and you came in to hear a pastor preach that preaches in Spanish and then someone has to interpret what he says, it, it can make for a long service. And so it's going good there. Everything's going great and we are excited um, to be here with you this morning. Um, I want to speak to you on the power of belief. Someone say the power of belief. <clears throat> I I don't want to so much speak something new into your life as much as I want to remind you of something today. You see, a lot of us have forgotten what God has placed inside of you. A lot of us have let go because it hasn't taken place yet. It hasn't happened yet. The Bible says that Hannah wanted a child, but she couldn't have no children. And the reason she couldn't have no children was was no reason of her own. She didn't sin. She didn't mess up. The reason Hannah was not able to conceive a child was because God had locked up her womb. And today I want to possibly let you know this, that things that have not happened in your life yet might not happen because God possibly might have locked them up for a later time. Not that it's not going to happen, but it's going to take place. It just hasn't taken place yet. You with me? Hannah wanted a child so bad, but she was unable to have a child. She wanted not just a child, she wanted a baby boy. What was the importance of having a baby boy? You see, to have a baby boy in that time means that you possibly could have birthed the Messiah. 
Can you imagine the pressure that was on the ladies in that time, in that era, until the time that Mary actually got, you know, conceived through the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ himself? Can you imagine the pressure that was on them that they possibly could be the ones that would birth the Messiah? But more than that, can you imagine the letdown that here you are, possibly able to birth the Messiah, and you can't even get pregnant? If you could place yourself in the shoes of Hannah this morning, if you could place yourself in Hannah's position this morning, have you ever wanted something so bad only to find out that you can't have it? Have you ever desired something so bad? I mean, it's inside of you, not something that you just want, but you desire it so bad. That was Hannah. She wanted a child, but yet she was unable to have a child. But Paniah, Paniah just had to look at Elkanah and Paniah got pregnant. Paniah was like fertile myrtle. All she had to do, her, her and Elkanah, every time they hooked up, Paniah found herself pregnant. She was, you, you know those people that they don't even try for a baby and they're having babies and then you got those other people that are trying really hard and they ain't having nothing? You see, Paniah was fruitful. Giving birth, having babies. But not only was Paniah fruitful, Hannah wasn't. Hannah couldn't have a child for the life of her, and it wasn't that she wasn't trying, it wasn't that she didn't desire it. Have you ever wanted something so bad only to find out that you can't have it? You know what's worse than wanting something so bad is to see someone else get it. Have you ever been praying for the blessing and your neighbor receives it? Have you ever saw yourself in lack and you're a child of God and you see those that aren't serving God that are operating in abundance? Isn't that messed up? God, I've committed my life to you. I've given my everything to you. Here I am in your service. I I show up to church even when it's raining. (laughs) Hopefully some of you ladies didn't straighten your hair this morning. (laughs) If you did... And you're sitting behind them, watch out, because all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. (laughs) She wanted a baby so bad. Tried so hard. Gave her life into having a child, because for a woman not to have a child in that time was to be an outcast, to be looked down upon. Nowadays, you got people that said, I don't want no kids. But then... They desire to have children. Paniah has all these children, and Hannah has nothing. It's nothing worse than seeing someone else get what you want. But what's even worse than that is that when someone gets what you want and then rubs it in your face, that you can't have it. I could imagine the Bible says that Paniah provoked Hannah because Hannah had no children. Can you imagine what things were like at the breakfast table? You have Elkanah sitting at the head of the table, and you have Paniah there with all her little ducklings in a row on their side, and here's Hannah all alone on her side of the table. Are you capturing the picture with me today? And then to have Hannah say across the table, or Paniah say across the table to Hannah, Hannah, aren't you pregnant yet? 
What's the matter with you, Hannah? Something wrong with you? Did you do something, Hannah? Look at me, all these kids I'm having, Hannah. I'm fruitful, man. Yeah, I don't even got to. Uh, uh, Elkanah just has to look at All he did was look at me last night. I know I'm pregnant. <laughs> and after so long of enduring the negativity in life, it began to eat away at Hannah. Have you ever had someone in your life that spoke nothing but down to you? Someone that always looked upon your lack, never had anything good to say. Every time you try to do something, they always told you why it wouldn't happen. Every time you try to accomplish something or get into something new, they always told you why it wouldn't take place. That was Paniah to Hannah. She always told her why you couldn't have a baby, provoking Hannah day after day, year after year, so bad that it bugged, it, it bugged Hannah to the place where it, it messed with her spiritually, emotionally, and physically. It got her cast down. You see, because if someone could speak to your spirit and jack your spirit man up, it could jack you up physically. Have you ever seen somebody in life who just wasn't happy? They lack strength because they got no joy. You know what I'm talking about. They even bring other people down too. Hard to be around. You see them coming and you run the other way. You, you ignore their phone calls. Everything that they do in life is all of negativity because they're hurt, they're bitter. They're beat up. They want something, but they can't have it. You see, like Hannah, we also allow our lack, of, our lack to hinder us. We have lack of joy, therefore we have lack of strength. Lack of faith, therefore we have lack of belief. We have lack of money, therefore we have lack of hope. So what else do I got to do? You see, many of us walked into this room this morning on survival mode. You came in here today because church is a good thing to do. And all you're asking for, for from God this morning is, God, if you would just give me a crumb, I'll be okay. God, if I could just feel your presence just a little bit, I'll be all right. God, if you could just give me just a little bit today, I'll be able to make it through. You live life from Sunday to Sunday, hoping that the next Sunday you could just get a little bit. It's like the son, the prodigal son who, who was a son in the house and had everything and had no lack. And then decides to make his way back and says, if I could just get some crumbs from my father's table. If I could just be a servant in my father's house, everything will be all right. Operated from lack, disappointment, letdown, year after year after year. Finding yourself in the same boat, but just at a different time. Oh, it's 2015 and everybody begin to celebrate and they're so happy that 2015 is my year and here you are saying the same, my year. Nothing good's going to come about through me. Nothing's going to happen. All I know is that this year's going to give me one thing that's guaranteed, and it's let down. You see, Hannah was in that place, messed up. Look at verse 8 of the same chapter. It says, Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? You see, there are times in life when you're going through a hard time and good people will come around you and say nice things. I thank good people for saying nice things to me in my roughest times in life, but your nice words didn't bring anything to me. 
They didn't give me what I wanted at that moment. Hannah had good words said to her through Elkanah. Elkanah told her, am I not better to you, Hannah, than ten sons? Hannah, I've given you everything. I'll give you whatever you want, Hannah. But Hannah said, you cannot give me what I want right now because I don't want you to be better than ten sons. I want a baby. Thankful for good people. Although Elkanah said a loving thing. A nice thing, a comforting thing, it meant nothing to Hannah. Comforting words are good when you're hurting, but they don't stop the pain. Having someone there with me when I'm hurting is good because I have comfort, but it doesn't take the pain away. Elkanah said a nice thing, but it did nothing for Hannah. Look at verses 9 through 11. It says, So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on my affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget me, your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. I want you to see something in Hannah's life. Although Hannah had bitterness of soul, she still knew where to go. Too many of you are running to the wrong source when you're hurting. Too many of you are calling your pastor before you even go before the Lord. I just need to meet with him. If I could just get to the altar for prayer, you know what? Everything will be okay. If I could just call so-and-so from the church, everything's going to be okay. You have to know where to run in your time of need. Hannah went to the only source, the only place that was able to do anything about her situation. Too many of you are going to the middleman. Why not skip the middleman and go right to the source himself? I pray to the same God that you do. I enter into the same presence that you do. He's available to me like he is to you. But you've become so dependent upon the person next to you that you forgot the very one that created you, the very one that died for you, the very one that longs to be with you, the very one that can't wait for you to get up in the morning so he visits you in your dreams. You forgot that very one. You don't go to him any longer. You run to man. You forgot about God, but not Hannah. Hannah found herself desperate. Desperate. She had Eli right there. The high priest was right there. She could have went to him and poured out her heart before him and said, Eli, I need to have a meeting with you. You know how you do. Pastor, I got to talk to you, and I got to talk to you now. Got to get to the church. Got to call up the prayer team. I can't wait for them to come up and so we could get some prayer. I just need to release some things before God. You forgot that you have access all by yourself. Hannah knew where to go. You see, when your phones run out of batteries and your internet went down and Pandora's not working and your CDs are all scratched up and your MP3 player just decided to go kaputs on you, 
What can you do at that moment? Pastor's not answering. The prayer team's not answering. Ain't nobody care about me. I want to let you know that one thing he promised you was this, that he never said you would be exempt from going through problems. He never said life wouldn't get hard. But what he did say is that through it all, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That is his promise to you. So I give you this one word today. In your hardest times, take him up on his promise. In your roughest moments, take him up on this promise. When you feel like things aren't going your way, Hannah wanted a baby, so she knew I had to go to the only source in my life that could do anything about this situation. She went and she hit her knees, not the altar of the church so people could pray for her, but she went and hit her knees and entered into the presence of God all by herself. You don't need nobody to go in with you. You go in by yourself. She knew where to go and she went and prayed. My question to you today is this. When you're in trouble, who do you run to first? Where do you go? If your first thought is not that I need to go and meet with the Father, then your next thought is wrong. If your first thought is not, I need to get with the Father, then you've already put yourself in position to fail. I've given a lot of bad advice in my life, I'll admit it. I'm not God. I do my best to represent them. Pastor Matt probably could attest to it, and so could Pastor Dan. We've let people down before. But aren't you glad that when you're going through a hard time, aren't you glad when you're facing a rough situation that he'll never let you down and he'll never give you bad advice? Verse 12 through 14 says, And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, but only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. The nerve of Eli. The nerve of Eli. Here she is. She's on her knees crying out before God, and the Bible says that she was so distressed. You, you know what I'm talking about when, when someone asks you what's going wrong, and the only thing that could come out of your mouth is, ah! you, you, you know what I'm saying. You can't even get any words out because there's not any words that are descriptive enough to, to tell how you feel inside. Hannah couldn't really describe and have Eli understand couldn't really describe and have Eli understand what was going on at that moment. Everyone's putting their cell phones on vibrate now. <laughs> Eli looks at her, the nerve of this man of God. Good thing Hannah was a graceful woman. You see, even... When someone gets you wrong, you still got to deal with them in love. Even when someone totally gets you wrong, you don't understand me, you don't get me. How dare you accuse me of being drunk in the house of God? I believe that there's some people that come to church drunk. Come to church high. Hungover. Not Hannah. 
Hannah had the appearance because she was so cast down. Eli said, the only thing that could be going wrong with this lady is she had to have had too much to drink. He says, woman, why are you drunk? Put your wine away from you. She must have looked crazy. Her lips are moving, but there's no words. Tears streaming down, but nothing's heard. You see, even when the man of God gets it wrong, even when the church feels like they failed you and labeled you something different, it's good to know that he'll never judge you, he'll never leave you nor forsake you, even when we get it wrong, even when we blow it. It's good to know that he never does. Verse 15 says, but Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. With all the love and respect inside of her, she corrects Eli in a loving manner. You have to do your best. I know it's not easy, but you have to step out of yourself for a moment that when someone's trying to just get things right with you and they, don't, they, they misjudge you, you have to do your best at that moment to make sure that you still treat them with respect and still treat them with love. And that's what Hannah does here. Verse 16 says, Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. The scripture gives me chills still today. I, I, want, I want to read it again. I want, to, I want to describe to you here what's really taking place here. Hannah's telling Eli, listen, don't, don't judge me. Don't, don't look at me as a wicked woman. I'm not drunk, Eli. Don't worry about it. I haven't taken nothing at all. I'm just hurt really, really bad. You see, I heard a story one time of a pastor that had just lost his five-year-old granddaughter. And he finds himself in... North Korea, or not North Korea, in Korea. And he finds himself there at a church service. He says grief filled him so bad that he sat through the whole service weeping and crying uncontrollably. Couldn't do anything about it. And another pastor friend asked him, did anybody put their hand on your shoulder? Did anybody offer to pray for you? He says, nobody. No one was there for me at that moment. Hannah's all by herself in this grief. No one's there for her at that moment. Elkanah could do nothing for her. And here Eli's judging her. And she says, listen, don't judge me or call me a wicked woman. She says, because out of my complaints, out of my lack, I've prayed up until now. She says, but something took place inside of me. I want you to understand, you need to have your until now moment today. This is your moment to have your until now. I know we've prayed out of complaint enough. I know we've come before the Lord and we said, God, why not? How come me? God this and God that. We've complained enough. But something happened in Hannah at that very moment. She says, Eli, up until now, all I've done is complain in my prayer time. I've looked at my lack and had no kind of peace in my life. I've looked at what I didn't have and I dwelled upon it instead of what I did have. 
She says, I've done everything that I could. I've tried all that I could, but you know what? I, I, there's nothing inside me. There's no peace inside of me, but you know what, Eli? Until now, you need to have that moment in your life where something clicks and you begin to believe again. Hannah begins to believe that it was possible for her to have a child again in that very moment. Sometimes all it takes is for you to start believing again. I'm not here to give you something new. I'm here to remind you of what's already been placed inside of you by the Father himself. He's placed greatness in you. He has given you all that you could ever want, need, or desire. And it's been withheld from you for a time, and you're asking, God, why me? God, why me? Why is these things being withheld from me? Everybody else is getting theirs. God, why not me? And he says, because I've unlocked it, or I've locked it up for a certain time. Can you imagine how Hannah felt after that moment? I'm fast-forwarding a little bit, but in chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, here you have Hannah going home, holding hands with Elkanah that day. And I believe that Hannah looked over at Paniah and said, Paniah, you've had Elkanah long enough, but tonight it is just me and Elkanah. You stay far away. Don't you come bug my man. Don't you interrupt us. Don't you try and come here. You can say all you want, Paniah. You can sit here and tease me. It ain't doing nothing to me anymore. Why? Because something inside of her was believing again. She walked home with Elkanah that day and went home from the time of, uh, of mourning, came out of that meeting with Eli, a different woman, went home, set up the house really nice, put some rose petals, put on a little bit of music here, stacked the hay up just perfect. She went and cleaned herself up. Because the Bible says that she was sorrowful, so she looked kind of crazy looking. Her face was dirty. Her hair wasn't done. She went to the bathroom and combed her hair and straightened it out, even though it was raining outside. She said, I'm going to look good for my man. She went home. And in chapter 2, we see something unlocking in this woman. We see something happening that didn't happen before. We see sorrow turned into joy. We see a downcast heart now encouraged again to believe. I just came today to let you know that if you would believe just one more time, give it one more chance, all things are possible to those who believe. You've given up on the dream, but the dreamer hasn't given up on you yet. He placed greatness inside of you, and he placed it there because he wants to pull it out. Until now, Eli, I've prayed to live my life out of my lack. I've done everything out of my lack up until this moment. Some of you guys have lived life out of what you don't have. You focus more on what you don't have than what God's given to you. You forgot about the promise because it seemed like it's expired, but promises don't have an expiration date on it. You've blamed yourself and said, what did I have done for this not to happen? God doesn't put success and failure in you at the same time and say, you choose which one. He's placed success in you and failure only comes out of your lack, not his. He has no lack. 
He's placed it inside of you and he says, I desire and I want you to see this. But maybe he's locked it up for a certain time in your life because maybe immaturity would have killed off the promise in your life if you got it when you wanted it. It's an old country song. It's fitting because we did that for offertory. says some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. That you prayed and thought you needed something at the moment. And God says, not right now. I can't give you a yes right now. And you complain. You said, God, but I really need it. And he said, not right now. And he denied you. And you kept getting denied and denied and denied. But if you keep showing up sometime and then somehow, God's going to say, now is the moment for you to come through. And for this promise to be lived out through your life. Paniah or Hannah told Eli until now. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. If I could get someone to help me out. Up to this point, and never in the story, do we see Hannah ever telling Eli what she was asking for. She never tells Eli, you know what, I want a child. Never releases what she wants on Eli. She knows Eli's just a man. If, things, if this thing's going to come about, it's going to have to be God. Why would God lock something up in your life? Sometimes he wants to remind you. That it's not you. It's not your education. It's not your job. It's not your, per, your, your position. It's not your ethnicity. It's not, your, it's not the, the, uh, if you're a male or female. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. I will hold back until you seem like you are at your end wits. I will hold back until it seems like nothing else good could come out of it. I will hold back and say, you know what? Until you come to your end and you say, God... I give up. Some of you have worked so hard in the past years to try and force the hand of God in your life. If there's one thing that you can't do in life, it's force the hand of God. You can't make God do what he doesn't want to do or it's not time for it to happen in. You can't force his hand to do something that he's not ready to do. He'll release something in the perfect timing in your life so that maturity could incubate this thing and grow this thing. And you can see this promise come about. And we don't have to say, I aborted my promise because I was too immature to sustain it. Until now. Eli releases something on her life. He says, go in peace, and the God of Israel grants you grant your petition, which you have asked of him. Eli didn't know what she had prayed, but what he did do was he gave hope back to her again. My job today is not to play something new in. I'm here to remind you that all things, not some, 
but all things. How do I know that God has a purpose and a plan for your life? Because you're here right now. You're here right now to hear this tall, bald Mexican Puerto Rican dude tell you once again, you know what? It is time to stop living out of your lack, and it's time to start living out of God's promises. It might not be right now, but you know what? It's going to come out. It's going to come about again. Tells her, go in peace. And Hannah simply responds to Eli, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way, ate, cleaned up her face, and told Elkanah, me and you tonight, baby. Don't make no plans. Don't even bother with Panaya. It's me and you. And we ain't leaving the bedroom until the mission is accomplished. I got a promise on my life. You have something to do with the promise, but I want it really bad. I want it really bad. The promise came about because someone decided to say, I'm done complaining. My complaint has got me nowhere in life. I'm ready to start believing. I want to let you know this morning that if you would just give it one more shot and you would believe in the, in the promise giver today, the one that promised something so great over your life that you can't even think about it right now because it's bigger than your imagination could even handle. I'm talking about that promise giver who gave you something that says, you know what, I've locked it up for a moment, but you know what, I'm getting ready to release it. Be there when I release it because if you don't, you're going to miss out on it. Until now. You need to have that until now moment in your life where you say, I'm done complaining. It's got me nowhere in life. I'm finished. I'm through. I need to start believing again. What Hannah told Eli was this. Let me find favor. Or man of God, let your words be truth. And then the story or the scene ends right there. Today, it doesn't matter how you walked in. What's important to me is how you walk out. Hannah enters the scene a broken woman. But she enters in chapter 2, a woman full of hope again. I don't care how you walked in the Christian worship center today. Broken, busted, and disgusted, let down, feel like God's forgot about you. I hope today that you feel reminded that God's got a promise over your life and it's going to happen. But you have to have your until now moments. You have to be reminded that God's not done with you today. He's not finished. It's only just beginning in your life. Don't give up on the dream giver. The promise giver. I came to simply unlock something in you this morning. But it's your job to believe again. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.